You're listening to Version Control, Pounding Grain's digital news podcast. Lions, Webbies, Clio's One Show Awards. If you work in advertising and marketing, these funny little names are charged with context. To set the stage, we're talking about annual advertising awards. Where creative work in advertising, content, and entertainment is celebrated, discussed, and essentially ranked. But over the years, advertising awards show etiquette has changed massively. The overall essence of celebrating great work still remains, but the awards have started to take on a life of their own. Agencies now employ entire teams for award submissions. On one hand, it's always great for creative teams, their agencies and clients, to receive recognition when deserved. Work like last year's It's a Tide ad campaign, which took home the coveted Con Lion Grand Prix in the film category, is still being celebrated as a great piece of entertainment. It's a Tide ad. What makes it a Tide ad? There are no stains. Look at those clean clothes. What else would this be an ad for? But on the other hand, are ad awards really worth it? Take, for instance, the aforementioned Con Lion Awards. On average, a single entry can set an agency back $2,000. And that's not including the additional $10,000 trip to France if the agency decides to send someone in person. For bigger agencies, that might not sound like a lot in the grand scheme of things. But when you add up multiple entries per show and the hours it takes to build case studies, simply entering award shows is an expensive game. Version Control presents... Our advertising awards worth the hustle. I'm so excited. We're back. Another exciting episode. Version Control live in the studio. Our good friend Sandy from the Vancouver office. Sandy, hi. Hello. Our usual cast of uh, smart people and angry people. <laughs> Nick uh, and Scott. I've never been angry. I, I'm certainly not angry to talk about this topic with Sandy. Yeah, what are we talking about today, Nick? We're talking about ad awards. Are they worth it? Worth the hustle. They're worth the hustle, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm really happy Sandy's on, on the pod, too, because I think those who are on the creative side have, a, have thoughts about these, and then those on the business side also have thoughts about ad awards. Um, so I guess, like, to kick it off, like, so Sandy, like, what is worth it about advertising awards? Oh man, this <laughs> loaded wow. question. This, <laughs> this is such a hot button issue for me. It's like, you better turn down the levels on my mic. Because <laughs> I'm just gonna lose it. So, so okay, I'm just. I have many thoughts, not many coherent. But uh, so you're asking what 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 the pros are that's where you sure. want to start what the yeah let's start with the are. pros let's start with the pros we'll uh, have some structure okay. in this podcast okay we can we can start there and then i can generally wind myself up <laughs> <laughs> i i think the pros are um for lack of a better reason to judge strategy or creativity creative creativity more commonly uh award shows can serve as a Proxy, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and then I, I think um, it's probably a universal uh, craving of humans to want recognition, and award shows can definitely uh, feed that desire. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, from a, a business perspective, uh, there is no doubt that awards can help uh, win business. So I, can I, I want to ask about that, though, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, admittedly, I've, uh, I've, I've never been on the brand side. I've never been in a position where I'm, I need to look for an agency or creative partner. So, I mean, does if you're a brand, like let's say you're Sandy Craft and of the craft empire, and you're looking for somebody to kind of help you with a project. How high on the hierarchy of importance is a list of awards? And as a, as a, somebody who works in marketing, I mean, there are so many awards out there. Like, does it matter? Well, I mean, we should put a big disclaimer on this entire podcast that as an agency, while pound and grain is not a we will never enter awards we probably spend about nine hundred dollars a year on them so we'll enter a couple um which is you know a few zeros less than most agencies so that's our policy Mm -hmm. so you know within that context i would say that first and foremost from most clients perspective especially when speaking in aggregate what they want out of an agency is an agency that can move the needle for them and deliver on results. But I think for certain clients, maybe who are trying to establish their careers, it might be just as helpful as it is for someone on the agency side to establish their career to be part of winning an award. And like I said, it never hurts to win awards. It definitely doesn't doesn't hurt to win awards. I'm just like... My, my whole thing behind the the idea of it is you kind of touched on it a little bit. It's with the money, but it's also like time spent. And, and Jackson, and I, you, you talk about this a lot. And like in our past lives, we all come from places where awards and award shows were held in extremely high regards, so high that there were people whose jobs it were to enter awards. Yeah, I, I think I have definitely seen uh, in previous agencies, either ones that I've been at or been very close to and saw under the hood, um, where there would be award show submissions that would require more work than the actual campaign itself. And, you know, that's a bit crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And definitely it's a strategy of whether it's at an agency level or the network level to have X percent of revenue that goes into the award show, award show submissions, uh, as well as the the effort required to to put those submissions in. Do you think winning a high profile award kicks up the profitability like immediately, or is that you know maybe or maybe not? Oh, without w- without a doubt, it 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 uh, it can build profile. And you know what? One of the things I'm conflicted with is with all the negative stuff I say about awards, like I said, I'm always happy to win them, but I just always want to do my best to try to avoid it sounding like sour grapes. Cause yeah, I, it, it's true. Like we haven't won agency of the year. We've never tried and it's easy to take pot shots at those that have. So I don't want to do that either. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I know without a doubt that if an agency is spending you know, five percent of its revenue and or more on entering award shows and ten percent of its billable hours on award show submissions. That that cost is indirectly 
going back to the client in the form of an hourly rate. Mm-hmm. Like this stuff isn't done for free and it's it's a problem. It's 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 a problem in the industry. It's you know, just to riff on it some more, you can just like do that. No, no, keep going. Cut my throat sign if you want me to stop. I you know, it's funny that uh uh, Alex Pagoski has recently come out and said he will never enter another award show. CPG's never entering them. I think it's very clever because the first thing he did was racked up the most awards of anyone alive <laughs> and then said, no one should enter any more awards. So maybe Convenient. this is, it's just yeah. to preserve his tally, maybe. But so I, I, I think, you know, that in itself is just as much of a stunt as uh, a lot of the things that have, have won the awards, I'm sure. But I think it is leading to a situation where you're having agencies enter, you know, tens, hundreds, several hundred submissions into a single award show, and it's just a numbers game for them. And the people giving the awards are for-profit entities, and they're not dumb, and it, it becomes a bit of a, a game. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's reeking like sour grapes here. But <laughs> Smooth those grapes. <laughs> is is it an uneven playing field? I mean, it stands to reason that the bigger agencies would have more resources to allot to this. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it is from that perspective. I, I think it, 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 there's probably, and again, here I don't speak from experience, but I highly doubt there's agencies that have made one or two submissions into Can that walk away uh, with a lion of any sort because I think it is more of a numbers game. I feel like like the challenge is the that having the idea of award shows is all well and good, although it's very kind of back slappy for an industry like this. Like no one at home sitting watching an ad or seeing a banner ad or even going to a website is really all that concerned whether it was an award winning piece of creative. But I guess the thing in the industry that doesn't exist in a realistic way is that in Hollywood, there's the Oscars, and that's like the awards, and the, those are are very subject, subjective, and people don't always agree with who wins. Mm-hmm. But there's another metric or piece of data in terms of the box office where it's very clear the Avengers won everything, yeah, or or Black Panther won everything. So there is like different things where you, where where you could see like okay. This movie, what did, what did Black Panther won the box office, and then what won the best Oscar? We had, Green Book. Yeah, the Green Book. Yeah, and ever and everyone was mad about that too, weren't they? Like yeah. it wasn't their favorite movie or or the best movie. It just it was the least melodious of the. And the then it got dramatically picked apart. Yeah, <laughs> but but then there's the the actual putting people in seats yes. and, and what that thing made in money, which I think is the piece that's not as easily kind of broken down in for, the industry because for, sure. for a variety of reasons, like not all clients want to say, Hey, we just totally destroyed our competition or this campaign was really the best campaign that ever lived. You get some bits of data where people say, you know, same store sales went up this and you, you kind of look at it and go, really did that, YouTube TrueView pre-roll ad really drive people into the store? I don't know. And, and that's why, you know, the, the, the one awards that I think do deserve some, some merit, we should do an award for the best award show. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Meta here. The awardees. Uh, 
<laughs> the awardees. <laughs> but I, I think the Effies, you know, and it used to be called the Cassies in, in mm -hmm. Canada, which is a lot more of an award based on strategy, would look at those numbers. And that, that makes a lot more sense to me. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a no-brainer. And, you know, while at the end of the day, I, as much as anyone in the industry enjoy a lot of what comes out of Ken in terms of winners and can get inspired by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not it's not putting the bums in seats uh, to, to you know further that analogy nece but necessarily. I think you kind of you guys kind of nailed it in that this is a it's a very backslappy um, entity. It's it's for people in advertising to congratulate themselves and like that's to be honest like that's the most polite way you can put it in my opinion. Um, Cause like there is no way to like, there's the average person sitting on the couch flipping through like a website or watching a television ad or something isn't sitting there saying that ad deserves an award more than that other ad. Yeah. They're looking at it and saying, I'm not going to buy that truck. Yeah. It, it, it's completely backslappy, but you know, to what we were saying earlier, I have no doubt that we have not either been invited to opportunities or won opportunities because we don't have our armful of awards. You know, that's the, the positive side is I think, you know, you get the clients you deserve. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean that in a very positive way from the perspective of Pound and Grain. And, you know, we work really hard. This sounds like a commercial break now, but <laughs> we do work really hard in terms of getting our branding across to say, you know, this isn't just lip service. It's not about the bullshit, but it's about moving the needle and results. So mm -hmm. my optimistic take on it is that the clients who come to us are the ones who understand and appreciate that. Yeah. I feel like the, 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 the awards or accolades that seem like less important for um, clients, but more important internally for this, the team are like ones based around craft, like the apl sure. applied arts or the communication arts kind of magazine where the process is super simple. Mm -hmm. You don't, there's not a lot of, there's not a game to it. Um, and you get in the annual and you get your, your award and it's, you know, based on, is it a well put together piece of, of, of creative mm -hmm. and, those and those are the ones we'll participate in yeah right? and yeah. i think like yeah. the, the only the only kind of anecdote from those is that that early on in pounding grain we did a lot of um honorable mentions and wins in the awards awards with a bunch of w's oh the awards <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and uh and that, you know, the measurable uh, piece from that was that we did get, like, asked to pitch other things because they'd seen, seen that piece mm -hmm. of work or something. So those ones seem like they connect the dots more in our philosophy. In totally. That, that it's craft and putting something together um, versus, like, an ad. Because yeah. they're more about the yeah. website and, you know, technically putting something together and it loads perfectly and it, it works perfectly. And it, it actually makes me think, within the context of all this, I still believe there's a special place in award show hell for digital category. <laughs> and oh, please elaborate. Craft aside... I mean, we've even, you know, that whole change the system from within kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We've had senior people within the agency be judges at mm -hmm. digital shows and literally get into arguments with the other judges because the things that win tend to be stunts that are filmed, packaged up, 
and dropped on social and considered digital. And they might be brilliant as stunts, but please, can we not have these in the digital category? Can we have them in the stunt category where everyone can out-stunt each other? <laughs> but I think you're kind of hitting on something too, which is interesting in that it is less about it, less about craft, unfortunately, for some of these bigger ones and more about the showiness and um, and being able to, to talk about uh, like, yeah, for lack of a better term, a stunt that you did to get to garner attention. So there's good and there's bad to that, right? Because I think every brand is looking for attention, mostly good. Um, and then, but at what cost, right? Um, and then, and by that, I mean, like, culturally within an agency, there's there's this always this looming danger when awards get involved. And Jackson, I think you, you, you've probably been involved in one of these situations where it becomes less about the work and less about the, for, for the people who are actually creating the work, it becomes less about the work and all about the award. Mm-hmm. Um, and as somebody who has kind of spent their entire career, in, you know, trying to develop good creative for clients, when that sort of left field factor comes in, uh, from you know, from outside, where it becomes less about we have this brief to solve in a really smart way, and more about yeah, yeah, let's solve it, but let's win a lion with it. That's actually more important. That to me is a is a bit of a detrimental way of looking at things. And unfortunately, like I can tell you from experience, that that's actually happening. Mm. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, I think it happens at all levels of the awards, like from the local ones where mm-hmm. there's a bunch of stuff in there that clearly no one has ever seen in their, in their <laughs> lives or it's run once at midnight or in one in like some obscure channel like, in Alaska. And then, Oh my God, it won best in show. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I think all of those things are, are realistic. I, I see, I feel like those are, I don't know, maybe I'm ignorant to it now. Like I just don't even pay attention to those kind of, Award show? Like, do they even exist anymore? It doesn't exist in Vancouver anymore, but I don't know if it's it for, sh- for sure it exists. And I, and I know in the same way it hurts us in terms of winning new business. I shouldn't say hurts us. Maybe it pre-qualifies us to winning the right type of new business. From a recruitment perspective, I imagine it's the same type of thing where mm-hmm. ultimately if there's a creative who wants to get in the doors at Pound and Grain, if they're wanting to get an armload of uh, lions out of it, this isn't the place to go because we're not spending our time doing those submissions, but maybe those aren't the type of creatives mm. that, yeah. you know, you Jackson and you Scott want on the floor. But at the same time too, I mean, the, the, the culture, the, the reason the culture has kind of become this way, and, th- and this is just a theory, is that salaries are now intrinsically attached to awards where somebody can come in and they can command a particular level of salary based on the amount of awards that they've sure. won or they've been shortlisted for. So, from that perspective, I, I can kind of understand it. To me, that's just, it's really toxic though. Because if you really love what you're doing in this industry, obviously, yeah, you want to you get paid well. But in the end of the day, is that really, like, is that really the only reason you come to work every day? And if it is, like, is it, is it really that valuable to you? I don't know. I thought the most insufferable part of that was like when they would do the like ranking of creatives um yeah yes in strategy magazine and then that would come out and then all the creatives were like oh you're you're 118th copywriter in the country i actually don't think that's not healthy for anybody (laughs) yeah i don't think but and then people like graham and i would say like I can't believe we made the list. It makes no sense. <laughs> Could, couldn't it spur competition? Isn't that a good thing? Totally, it could spur competition. But I think there, there's, and, and I'm, I, I know this is an impossible ask, but is there a way 
to have a level of competition where it's not so detrimental to the actual creative in the end. Because in the end, we're being hired to help a brand sell things, move products, sell services and stuff like that. In the end, if that doesn't work and it's just a really cool film... Certainly would be more helpful if... if, uh, if it was a little bit more like the Oscars where like, yeah, there's some politicking about it, but at the end of the day, you don't really have a say in whether you're able to be nominated or not. Like yeah. you're not submitting. It's just right. a matter of, did people care about your mm-hmm. work? You can put a campaign together, but <laughs> it's a little different than like paying a fee to be entered into an award versus right. like anything, everything's available to be nominated. I, I would think if you're a creative looking to establish yourself through awards, your best bet is to get a job at an agency, you know, the BBDOs or the rethinks of the world who have that as a huge part of their strategy is to win awards because mm-hmm. then you're going to be more aligned with the philosophy there. Yeah. And, and again, like I don't want it to come across as sour grapes or anything. Cause I, I actually have, like don't enter a lot of awards even before, but I was just kind of thought it was, a little bit weird how that became the focus of the work for a lot of people and a lot of people used to look up to and mm-hmm. it was a, it just it just made things a little bit uncomfortable maybe for some people you know their ego is the fuel for the work um, it's not very In noble this industry? yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i mean obviously for scott it's more just creating the work itself um, that that says that he doesn't have any ego whatsoever <laughs> no no i have a huge ego which <laughs> is <laughs> Ego well, doesn't have anything to do with the war. I, yeah, that's all. it's it's a little devil's advocate-y, but yeah. um, at the end of the day, if the result is good, then whatever the motivations are, does that really matter? Do you know what I mean? Here's the funny thing: at the end of the day, even though I'm saying all this and I believe it 100, percent I still always feel a little pang of regret when I see another agency being recognized. So it's I haven't fully reconciled this. Like I do want to listeners. I'm open. If you can find a way that we could play the game without compromising on our ideals and values, let me know. Because I, I, I haven't figured that one out. And mm-hmm. I, as an aside, my favorite one is when there's three or four different tactics that are developed for a client that are out there doing the real work. And then there's the special one that's run on that TV show at midnight in Alaska. Yeah. That's for the awards that maybe the client's never even seen. Yeah. That's, uh, that's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are the weirdest ones. And again, I'm not saying that the work isn't good. Like I love the work that wins awards. I think it's great. I just think that it's, if, if you look a little bit deeper, the money that it costs to run these award shows, like I, I did a little bit of like looking into it and there's, there's like hundreds of thousands of dollars every year is being pumped into just submissions. Like, why are we even doing the industry thing? Let's just make the awardees like we talked about and charge a bunch of people. <laughs> Millions, by the way. It's yeah. uh, $37 million. Uh, I believe that was last year, according to Ad Age. Gah. <laughs> you know, an extreme version of this, it reminds me of, um, you know, the, 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 I can't remember the name of the movie, but about the, the, the big property value crash that happened. The, the big short. The big short when you know they go to the uh the bond ranking companies who are just giving a ranking it's like that's a more extreme version of it yeah but that's what it is yeah so i mean just to turn this completely on your head that um if pound and grain was to win an award which which award would it be well i'll answer mine in that the non-award that we won once at an award show. The what? 
was more meaningful to me than like winning other things. And I'm just wanting to get this in to tell a brief story about Graham and I being in an award show. I forget even what we entered and we didn't win, but we stole the salt shakers from the table <laughs> at the awards banquet. And we said that we won a couple of salties <laughs> and those still are in the Vancouver office and still hold more high esteem than any other award. Did, was, was the, did the contents taste like salt or sweet victory? Both. They're Both. deliciously sweet and savory at the same time. <laughs> yeah, but I, that, that was more meaningful because it was just, it kind of harkens back to Sandy's point about the digital work that won wasn't really digital and mm -hmm. we felt better about hijacking some salt <laughs> containers a little silver the, salt uh, container. statute of limitation on theft is yeah. <laughs> yeah they're coming for you i'm sure the the hotel vancouver can get back to it. hotel vancouver bayshore maybe it was at the bayshore i don't know that's my that's my story what about you sandy uh i think for me the awards with integrity are uh the effies mm -hmm. the craft awards and i would say any self-promotional category is fair game i agree actually that's the one thing like if you are if it is all about your promoting your agency for and you're and you're not trying to hide it which is like this is a piece of creative or, or or project that we made to bring more attention to what we do as a service as a company i think that's totally fine yeah fair game. uh before we wrap uh vote for us in the webbies <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Respect the hustle. So my respect the hustle this week is the subscription sports magazine, The Athletic. Ooh, and damn. the reason I wanted to bring this up <laughs> is uh, I've been a subscriber for almost a year now. I'm extremely happy with the quality of content. I love the fact that um, it is a pay paid subscription for content, and I just kind of like. The fact that they've taken some of the best, most respected sports writers from all over the world and created like an Avengers product out of it is exactly what I wanted. Um, and the, the, my big thing is I no longer have to like hack paywalled local newspapers to get local sports news because they're regionalized so well. Um, I have no idea who started it. I, I just think it's genius, like the way that they've built this model. So. Are you, is everybody here familiar with The Athletic? I'm not, no. I'm also a subscriber. I, I, I think I, I knew you were a subscriber. Yeah. Um, but basically what they've done is it is a subscription-based sports site website um, that is, has taken some of the most renowned sports writers from, every, from Sports Illustrated, ESPN, um, all those sort of bigger places, and they've created regional sports newspapers, essentially. So they're reporting every single day on all the topics that like real sports fans want. Mm. And you can go right down into like the Dallas basketball news, as opposed to looking at it from like a USA Today perspective, where it's like 30,000 feet up mm. and you're just kind of getting that national point of view. Um, and like, that's what I would expect from a paid subscription content model is that level of detail, that level of information. Yeah. So I think a lot of subjects should copy that model and yeah. I would pay for it. Super interesting this morning I read on Twitter, like one of the, not one of the Avengers writers, but like a, a writer covering the Oakland Athletics was just like hired by a newspaper. Like, so like it's, it's a, a tit for tat. Yeah. Because now like it, it's such a powerhouse of writers. Now the newspapers still need team mm -hmm. so now they're going to their their rival to like lure them back and it's kind of like 
one of those notches up on your career. I like that though, because it, it's kind of like there was a, a point in time where writing for the internet was looked down upon totally. and now it's completely turned on its head. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see how journalism has shifted to still become, to remain relevant when there was a time when everyone said that journalism was dead. Mm-hmm. No, well, one way was just to toss paywalls onto everything. They, well, I mean, it is a quote unquote a paywall, but like they're not shy about it. They don't like give you the teas or just ever like, this is the athletic. It costs this much, but here's what you get. Totally. But it's pennies. It's it pennies really a day. Pennies, pennies a day. Yeah. Who's next? Okay, cool. Uh, I will go next. Um, mine is a super weird one, but it's this guy who is a musician slash video blogger named Bill Wirtz. Uh, who I just learned about today, but I really like it because it looks like really cheesy old internet and, uh, he's actually a pretty good musician and he has just a ton of content. Like it's crazy. Um, his first real viral video has ratcheted up 47.1 million views. What? And according to, uh, Wikipedia, his big thing is that he doesn't look at anything else on the internet. He's just a weirdo who wanted to make weird things and he did it completely his way. And I dig that. And also I should say that, um, you know, as someone who tries to make stuff and is around people who tries to make, try to make stuff all the time. I know how long this stuff takes to make and how difficult it is to come up with these weird things. So, uh, yeah, somebody who's just like, at home in their basement doing this nonstop. That's I respect that hustle. I really want to watch this seven second video called Tomato Anxiety. It's a good one. His biggest one's called The History of the World and it took eleven months to create apparently and it's twenty minutes long. Interesting. Wow, well, right? Well there goes the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Sandy? Yeah, so I I'm not sure if I fully understand the parameters of this segment, but <laughs> just a couple things that have caught my attention sure. on a screen. How's Perfect. that? Yes. So one, I was on Kotki. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and there was a video of a robot from MIT that can do the Rubik's Cube in, it's all about speed today, that can do the Rubik's Cube in 0.38 seconds. Oh. And it's fascinating to watch. And to me, okay, I get the algorithms and I get that it's using computer vision to do it. What I don't understand is how it's able to do the Rubik's Cube that quickly with, without it blowing up, like to be able to do that many spins in 0.38 seconds. So that's really cool. And then um, the other thing that's been really interesting is there was that runner who, in order to win the race, uh, dove over the finish oh, line. Oh, was yeah. in the hurdles, I think. Head first and diver. what I love is when there are these clips come out that instantly go viral on LinkedIn as business metaphors. <laughs> so you see someone saying, that's the kind of person I hire. And I'm like, really? Is it? <laughs> like someone of- who's going to... That's not long-term thinking, I don't think. Like, he's going to be hurting <laughs> for a while. Yeah. It reminded me of um, everyone on LinkedIn who had that uh, image of, like, the wolves that were walking and, like, a... In, in a V-shape and the lessons we can learn from business. But if you Snopes it, everything they're saying about that image is completely wrong, but <laughs> didn't stop people from doing, you know, PhD I, theses. I it. think just to, to level up an award show about bad business metaphor memes <laughs> would probably be super spectacular. But as long as you don't mention that I did use that three pro soccer players beating a hundred kids to talk about uh, teamwork. 
and having the right people on your team. <laughs> they like beat them up? Yeah. But not very nice to the kids. Yeah. No, just you know. push them down. Yeah. You went you you went through a phase where you did weird YouTube videos <laughs> to like lead into pitches, like one man one man dancing. It was like one of the yes. classic the, the movement maker. The movement maker. Yeah. <laughs> classic classic Sandy lead in. Yeah. I love him, I hate him. Yeah. That's good. I like those. Uh, I also may have two because I can't remember what previous picks or uh, respect the hustles I've done. So I'm doing a twofer, just like Sandy did, because nice. that's what you can do, I guess, when you're partners at the agency. You can mm-hmm. bend the rules of whatever segments you want. Um, mine are both baseball-related. Respect the hustle. It was Mother's Day recently, and the San Diego Padres, for Mother's Day, changed their name and their social hand- handle to the Madres. Whoa. Um, which was super interesting, because uh, imagine a company uh being worth um several hundred million dollars and changing your handle on twitter (laughs) is not an advised move and for a short period of time um a gentleman took over the padres handle until twitter helped the um, madres get it back after mother's day was over but the amount of effort to like kind of do that in a nice way to honor um, moms on Mother's Day was pretty was way more meaningful than I think like the pink hats and stuff that they wear on Mother's Day. Mm. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, totally. that's awesome. We're priests all over the world upset. I like I thought this was for us. <laughs> Pro- <laughs> definitely. Did yeah. did they sell a Madre's hat though? I don't know if they did. Because that'd be a really really that hot, would be a cool. hot item. Yes. Um, second one also related to baseball is just and this one might be the one I. Th- I've, I've told the story a couple times, so I don't know if it was in a respect the hustle. If it is, you can tell me I'm crazy, but there's this charming British man going around uh, America right now, and his handle is at Baseball Brit. And he quit his job and is just on a cross America tour watching baseball games currently. Um, so two things I like about this and respect the hustle. A, he's just living a dream, and he's on, I think, this. he's, he's watched 46 baseball games so far on his trip. And he's not just doing major leagues. Like, he's down in the weeds of, like, independent leagues and, like, weird um, uh, leagues that aren't affiliated with everything. So he's doing, like, driving through the night to get to the next game, um, and doing some amazing stuff. And along the way, that hustle has led him to be um, on CNN and news shows. Uh, MLB Network keeps having him on because he's super fun and passionate about baseball. And it all relates back to he kind of saw an opening because MLB has a series in London this summer. Uh, so they're doing a three-game set of baseball during the, the regular season in London, which is super cool. And and it's exposed a very large amount of British baseball fans. So did he really quit his job, or did, did they send him here to do that? <laughs> I, th- I, think th- I think he quit his His opening video that I saw was that I quit my job, I've gone crazy, and I'm traveling across America. I want to copy that model to bring cricket to Canada. <laughs> send me to India with a, a cell like phone it. and a Twitter account. World Cup coming up. Whoa. Thanks for listening to Version Control. Are ad awards worth the hustle? If you like what you've heard, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. <laughs>